Welcome to Sofa Security Chat Chat, episode 122 for November the 7th, 2013. I'm Chester Wisniewski here with Paul Ducklin. Welcome, Paul. Hello, Chester. You sound like you are at a conference at the moment. I am. Uh, I was invited to speak at a, a partner of ours conference here in La Jolla, California, and uh, I'm near a military base, so you may get some ambient noises in the background from a few uh, choppers and some jets. Bit of uh, Black Hawk action in the background, eh? <laughs> yes, hopefully they stay up. Um, but, uh, you know, there's some weird coincidence in the news this week that uh, I saw saw you writing about naked security that I thought would be fun to talk about, which is, you know, there was a, uh, a one of these hoax things spreading on Facebook, uh, something about a giraffe image or something, right? Yes, the idea was there was, I don't know, some Facebook game that said, hey, if you get this riddle wrong, have some fun, show people that you got it wrong by changing your profile uh, to a picture of a giraffe. Don't know why a giraffe. And so the hoax was, hey, the crooks realize that everyone's going for giraffe imagery. So they've put booby-trapped giraffe images all over Google search, poisoned the search results. So when you go and grab a giraffe, you will actually bring in a dodgy image when you load it, it'll trigger some kind of exploit and you'll get owned and they'll steal your password. And of course, it was all made up, all technically feasible, um, but it wasn't actually what was happening. It was just a, a, a made up story that got a surprising amount of credibility. Are you suggesting that there are chain letters on Facebook? Oh, I don't know how to answer that, Chester. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I guess this wasn't a chain letter. It didn't say, you know, you'll get a prize if you send this to 10 of your friends. It's easy to sort of look down at people who would believe something that sounded so weird. Wow, a picture of a giraffe. Why a giraffe of all animals? Um, but, you know, there have been booby-trapped images in the past uh, that have caused problems back in 2004, which is where this story came from. It's an old 2004 press release with Mikko Hipponen of F-Secure. Uh, Mikko was changed to Fred. I never knew his name was Fred, but that's how he came up in this hoax. So you should have noticed, but of course, there's a zero day going around for Microsoft products right now, which relies on booby-trapped images. So I think it's easy to see why people would prefer to believe the hoax just in case. Well, the, the Microsoft situation, let's be clear, is a, a complete coincidence. Uh, they, they alerted customers midday uh, in the United States on November 5th, two days ago, and uh, there, there, there is a mitigation. You, you, the vulnerability is actually in the rendering of TIFF image files, which you and I before the podcast had a short chat and I was commenting, I, you know, TIFF files to me are closely associated with faxes, uh, you know, and our, our digital system that we receive faxes on at Sophos, uh, they, you know, they get forwarded to me as a TIFF image uh, in my email box. And so uh, th there is a workaround of disabling the rendering of TIFFs, which fortunately aren't an extremely common image format on the internet per se for you know web surfing and things but maybe for people like me that receive fax images and things that that could be a, a technically complicated problem to turn that off it sounds so quaint the idea of getting faxes i would have thought in north america you'd be well over those by now i don't think i've received a fax for several years chester 
So, I mean, aside from me being worried about, uh, you know, whether I can get TIFF images uh, for, for faxes, uh, the, how are people impacted by this? I mean, if people are being attacked with it, it doesn't seem like TIFF would be your, your format of choice. Well, Chester, from reading Microsoft's documentation on the topic, it does sound as though it would be possible to booby-trap a web page by having an image on the web page. But the exploit files I've seen so far are actually DOCX, uh, so that's Office 2007 and later files, that squirreled away inside have a file called image1.jpg, and it's not a JPEG, it's a TIFF. So even though this is an image rendering problem, at the moment it seems that the crooks are relying on document files as the kind of wrapper that delivers everything needed to make the exploit work. Um, having said that, Microsoft seemed to be quite honest and open about the fact that it doesn't require Office, but that certainly seems to be the vehicle by which uh, attacks have been made so far. Right, and of course we'll keep people up to date on Naked Security and here on the podcast uh, if there's an emergency fix available or if it ends up being bundled into the next Patch Tuesday update. Obviously this would be a very high priority uh, at Microsoft, so we hope to see something soon. Well, the good news is the fix-it that they have published is quite literally a button you click that sets a single entry in the registry. HKEY Local Machine Software Microsoft GDI Plus Disable TIFF Codec equals 1. If you put that in, the rendering doesn't happen, you're effectively immune to this particular exploit. And the fix-it will set and unset that registry entry so it doesn't change any DLLs, it doesn't upgrade any software. It's a very, very, should be a very, very low side effect fix-it. If you're worried, I'd go and click the button. So, you know, it turns out that it's been a pretty bad year for Android users and that uh, only Nexus users still seem to be running the latest uh, Android operating system 4.3 and yet the package vulnerability bugs and uh, you know I, I would call it a zero day in Android except that I know for most phones it'll be an infinite day which is to say the phone will never be upgraded uh, to fix it but there's another zero day packaging vulnerability it, it's, it sounds a bit complicated but you were telling me before that it, it it's kind of another one of these shouldn't this lesson have been learned yes I think to be fair we can't call it an O-Day because it was known about by a number of researchers who, to the best of my knowledge, did not disclose it. They kept quiet about it and reported it. It has been fixed. Um, we know it's fixed because there's a fix for it in the Android open source release of KitKat. That's Android 4.4, which just came out the other day in open source form. You can take an APK, an Android package file, for a legitimate application. You could even grab it from the Play Store. Uh, so you get the brand, you get all the marketing, you get the screenshots, you get the reputation of the company, you get their digital signature, and you can modify the file. And when Android runs it, the verifier will see the file as though it were unmodified, but the operating system installer and loader will see it with malware in. So you can basically take somebody else's legitimate software, turn it into malware, and they will take the blame for it. And, uh, you know, it's fixed now in 4.4. But as you said, there are loads of devices out there that just aren't going to get that update because 
they're still usable, people have still got the device. Goodness me, maybe they're still in contract if they had a long contract. But the maker of that handset just, I mean, hasn't even moved, say, to Android 4. They're definitely not going to be moving to 4.4 anytime soon, if ever. No, and this is one of the bigger challenges that Google faces compared to Apple and that you know, Apple sometimes is slower to respond to fixing uh, of a new vulnerability, but when they fix it, it, it goes out to all supported devices in pretty short order, where uh, in the Google system, it's not really up to Google. You know, no matter what Google does, the phone carrier in your given country may not integrate it, even if the handset manufacturer releases it. And uh, they, these are big problems for Android users who care about uh, staying apprised of the latest security. Yes, we had a, a commenter saying, look, I've got this Motorola device. It still seems to work okay. I think it's on Android 2.3 or thereabouts. What am I going to do? How am I ever going to get to 4.4? And all that I and some of our other readers can advise is go shopping to see what the Android open source project fans out there have knitted in terms of a custom ROM for your device. And so that's the sort of mixed blessing that you get with Android. Unlike iOS and Apple, it isn't completely locked down. It isn't a case that you do exactly what Apple says and no different. Google retain this flexibility. Uh, but, of course, it does mean that with that flexibility, as you say, comes this enormous diversity in the ecosystem, which means that generally there's only a select few um, that get the latest builds of the operating system in anything like a reasonable time frame. Which kind of leads me to the final topic on today's chat chat, which is, you know, I've heard of the public cloud, the private cloud, the hybrid cloud, and now I guess what I'm coining the term of local cloud. We've got apps like Chrome, uh, Firefox, uh, there, there's many things out there that are sort of silently patched and the concept of a version number is becoming quaint. I mean, I saw you wrote a story about Firefox version 25 and while uh, I'm a Firefox user, uh, was happy to get the 25 update and all the fixes that came along with it, uh, I didn't really notice or particularly care. It just happened. I didn't type anything. I didn't click anything. I just kept using Firefox and suddenly the world got safer. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering you know, are the days of version numbers and these things kind of vanishing? Are, are even when we're running things locally, um, do we need to care about this as users? I mean, is, is this is this going to solve a lot of the problem that, that so many users have been vulnerable to for so long? You, Sorry, you're running the wrong version of Java. You're running an old version of Flash. Like, are, are those days numbered? Are we moving away from this? It certainly seems that way, doesn't it, Chester? You know, and we face this as a kind of mini dilemma every time a new Chrome or Firefox comes out. Do we write about it on Naked Security? Because there are people who don't take automatic upgrades or who are just interested to know, hey, what have they done in there? What, what am I getting? Um, now there's been a, a change in the leftmost part of the version number. And then like with many Apple products, there are people who go, hey, I'll just, just send me the latest stuff and I'll use it. And provided you don't change too much and make it break, then I won't or shan't care. The flip side is the problem that WordPress had until recently, where they were taking that more business-like approach of people saying, you can't just upgrade servers. And yet, uh, because servers just weren't being upgraded, 
uh, WordPress installations that weren't carefully nurtured became an amazingly fertile malware breeding ground for the crooks. So, yeah, Apple users have experienced this recently with the update to iOS 7.03 and Mavericks, where there was a method previously that you could synchronize calendar and contact information through a USB cable or over Wi-Fi. And Apple, kind of without notice, just took that away and is now forcing users to use the iCloud to sync that information. So sometimes this can come back to bite you a little bit. But I look at people like my mom and dad and the laptop I gave them last year and boy, the more things that silently update and don't ask them to make a bad choice that could be a, a, a crook trying to trick them to load a fake flash player or any of this kind of stuff. To be fair, um, if I have a choice between the two worlds, I guess I prefer the world where nearly everyone stays up to date and we're a lot less vulnerable. Provided, of course, and as you say, this is one of the critiques of um, Mavericks, that these forced updates aren't used as a vehicle to do some kind of bait and switch with with privacy or where your data is stored or, you know, even just workflow that you're used to about where your files go, what format they get saved in and stuff like that. But then, as you say, many people don't bother to read the small print anyway. Oh, but but come on, Paul. I mean, it was all worth it in order to get tabs in Finder. It's a revolutionary concept. Oh, I haven't noticed those. What it what what a tab sim finder. You get tabs like uh been in Firefox for eleven years? Oh, I I know why I haven't noticed that. I use Midnight Commander. <laughs> well, I think that's a fantastic way to wrap up this week's chat chat. This concludes Software Security Chat Chat one twenty two. As always, for the latest security news, visit nakedsecurity.sophos.com. Uh, for the latest podcast, you can go to podcasts.sophos.com and you can now enjoy us on SoundCloud as well. And until next time, stay secure.